Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose. This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a great kickoff to the new week. We have a whole lot to get into on this episode. We'll be talking about, of course, the NFL. Obviously, Super Bowl 56 is on the horizon. We'll get into that as we are live from Radio Row here in Los Angeles, downtown Los Angeles to be exact, as well as we'll get into the Brian Flores lawsuit. Also, there's some coaching moves and hires. Potentially, we'll get into that. Also, the NFL and Commissioner Roger Goodell. What is his involvement in all of this? We'll get into some NBA talk. We'll talk about Lakers. We'll talk about Clippers. Also, Bronny James, could he be on the move in his young high school career? All that and more coming up here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. As my man, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner's government name, will be joining us, the producer extraordinaire. But first and foremost, what I need you to do is go ahead and follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and also on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. You can catch me at nightcastmedia.com, your gateway to sports, pop culture, entertainment, tech, and community all rolled into one. Now, it was I had an interesting weekend. And as we know, I live in Los Angeles, and so Los Angeles has been, been preparing for Super Bowl 56. I uh, got a chance on, what was that, last Friday to get a sneak preview of the NFL experience at the L.A. Convention Center in downtown Los Angeles. And let me tell you something, for the casual fan, for the average fan, for the diehard fan, for just a person that's just into sports, period, it is definitely a place that you want to be. I mean, there's so many, there's countless exhibits. I explained it all. If you go to nightcastmedia.com, I wrote a whole piece, had photos. You can check out the photo gallery there. But there's a lot of different things you can do, especially for kids, for adults, teenagers. Uh, there's an opportunity to take photos. Everybody's going to want to be able to put this on their social media platforms because it's just a great place to be. They had the Lombardi Trophy on Saturday, which would happen to be the very first day that the public could actually engage in some of the activities. I had a chance to speak. Uh, with people from Wilson, uh, the football company, people that make the NFL footballs, um, and actually watch them make a NFL regulated football right in front of my eyes. So it's kind of cool. Uh, ran a 40 yard dash. Damn it, I was out of breath. Whew, goodness gracious. I got to get better in shape. <laughs> As you guys can go on my Instagram uh, page and you can check that out. But it was just a lot of fun, man. It was a lot of it was a great to see the makeshift locker rooms of some of the biggest stars from the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, to Russell Wilson, to Derrick Henry, Aaron Donald, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, um, Justin Herbert from the Chargers, who was the Pro Bowl offensive MVP. If you got a chance to watch that, I didn't watch that. I refuse to watch the Pro Bowl. It's pointless. Um and I'm sorry, that's just my opinion on it. I, who really cares? Uh, unless it's in Hawaii. Outside of that, um, but it's a great atmosphere. I mean, you get a chance to throw, run drills. You could throw the football, test your kicking skills. If you kick it through the uprights, I know we're always hard on field goal kickers that miss and doink it off the the, the uprights. But let's see, let's challenge your skills. Let's see what skills you have. Um, so it's, it's it's just a great atmosphere. Got a chance to check that out. Uh, Saturday, obviously, NASCAR came to Los Angeles, and I know that sounds like, what? NASCAR came where? Yeah, L.A. And I'm talking about L.A. like the outskirts. I'm talking about downtown Los Angeles, the L.A. Memorial Coliseum. And it's over. It was, the track was over a, a little over a quarter-mile track, 21 cars racing that included Kyle Busch, uh, Bubba Wallace, um, just countless other racers, uh, Demi Hamlin, uh, 
you know, just countless racers. Um, and it was a great atmosphere. You know, I, this, this, that was my, actually my first time going to NASCAR. So it was my first time going to NASCAR. Uh, the closest I ever got to NASCAR was watching the movie Cars. This was, was one of my favorite all time. All three of them. I love all three of them. My son, my son and I would get together and he'll be like, Daddy, can we watch Cars? I'm like, absolutely. We can watch Cars. We can watch all three of them. And that's how much I love that. That's one of my favorite Disney movies. Uh, but it was kind of similar to the movie. And I could see why the movie was so popular. Um, but it, it's just hearing the, the engines. And I know watching it on TV is totally different. But being there, it's almost like hockey games, right? Like Or baseball games. Like people say, oh, baseball is boring, which I completely disagree with. But if you people always say it's, it's different in person than it is watching it on TV. It's the atmosphere. It's the getting the beer. It's getting the hot dogs. It's you know, whatever you get that makes the atmosphere comfortable for you to enjoy it. That's what NASCAR felt like to me. It's it's one of those sports that you have to watch in person. You have to get the smell. You have to be in the pit, be able to have opportunity to get into the pit. You have to hear the engines. You have to see the crashes. You have to see guys lapping each other and really just being competitive um, and showcasing their skill sets. And it's just fun to see different walks of life. I mean, there is a connotation of who pretty much attends these types of events. And that ain't far from the truth at all. But also, I will say, because I spoke with a representative from NASCAR, I had recently just joined NASCAR about almost a year ago. And what they were telling me was they wanted to get to branch out, which is one of the reasons why they want to come to the heart of Los Angeles, because they wanted to branch out. Um, and it's something I even asked Bubba Wallace, and we all know that the, the trials and tribulations that Bubba Wallace had to endure, unfortunately, um, early on in his career, uh, a couple of years back, dealing with the whole new situation, dealing with the racism that he had been expo- exposed to for Lord knows how long um, before joining uh, Michael Jordan's race team, the Team 23 uh, race team. And it was cool. Um, Bubba Wallace is one of the most down to earth, coolest dudes you ever want to talk to, ever want to meet, even asking him a question, you know, several questions, a couple of questions, rather, I should say, um, very down to earth, very thought, very well thought out answers. Um, very intelligent guy. Um, and he's just down to earth. He's one of the dudes you can just go to the bar, the backyard barbecue with and kick it. That's basically what Bubba Wallace, he just, he's, he's in a sport that people that look like me don't really gravitate towards too much. <laughs> but if you get Bubba Wallace away from the from the racing track, he's one of the dudes you can hang out with. He probably, you know, you can watch a football game with, go to the barbershop, talk crap. You know, he's just one of those down-to-earth guys that really relates. He He's able to blend in, um, in in various circles, and that's the beauty and the nature of who he is as an individual beyond being a really good race car driver. Um and, and one thing I had to ask him was what beyond just being here in Los Angeles, which is obviously a very diverse city, multicultural city, because there's a lot of cities that NASCAR goes to that aren't as multicultural as Los Angeles. Um, and the one thing I want to I asked him was, what do you feel like needs to happen to expand uh, the racing, you know, NASCAR and get people and get more fans that are from the black and minority communities to get involved more with NASCAR, especially getting behind you and what you're doing, but other racers that may be coming up that look like you, male and female, that may, that that uh, will be racing or up or coming up in in NASCAR. And here's what he had to tell me about that. Yeah, well, I think you know we, we hopefully the, the on track success that this hopefully shows tomorrow um, will will open up a new avenue for us because you know we've been going to the same tracks and same venues for numerous amounts of years um, and so going somewhere different uh, is big and changing up for this this is basically like a tryout for our sport just to see you know, how much different and wild can we go but also being in this uh, this demographic and this environment here, here in LA um, I think the, the highest number we've seen was 70% of all the race ticket sales are new fans coming out that have never seen a, uh, a race before. And that's massive. Uh, you can't get that when you keep going to the same venues each and every weekend. And so venturing out, doing bigger things, uh, diving into our communities and figuring out, you know, what it takes for them to come to a race and implementing that, you know, it's, it's, it's not gonna suit everybody, but you know, the more we keep trying and learning and listening and understanding, I think the better off we'll be. So it's a, it's a never ending process, but it's fun to be a part of it. 
Well said, like I, like I told you before. Very well said, very well thought out. And I agree with him. You have to have focal points like Los Angeles, like the Bay Area, like Atlanta. And I'm not talking about, there's two Atlanta. I'm talking about ATL. Ain't ta- I'm not talking about Atlanta. I'm talking about ATL. There are areas that you have to really focus on because you have to draw the crowd. You have to meet the crowd where they are and then take them up. You can't just say, okay, we're up here and look down and say, well, y'all come to us. That's not going to work. You have to go down to wherever people's levels are and then bring them up accordingly. And that's exactly what NASCAR did. I mean, NASCAR, This to me, I think this was a successful event. I know the track was small. I know they had to go slow around the curves. There were a couple crashes, a couple spin outs. Um, but the overall aura and the energy surrounding, I mean, they brought out Pitbull, who's actually one of the owners of a racing team. Pitbull, I enjoy Pitbull. Like, I think he's one of the most thorough entertainers out in the music game today. The man knows how to entertain. He knows how to draw a crowd. He knows how to engage a crowd and keep a crowd's attention. Because let me tell you something. As I looked out at, at where I was sitting in the press box, in that fan base, I don't imagine them having Pitbull in their music rotation. Let's just put it that way. But they were jamming the Pitbull. They had the, the beautiful women that were dancing next to him, which I thoroughly enjoyed, by the way. But Pitbull is an overall great entertainer. And then you bring out Mr. Yay Yay, Ice Cube. And we all know Ice Cube where his origins, his roots come come from the NWA tree and where he's evolved and grown into a movie mogul and an, an entrepreneur and obviously arguably one of the greatest MCs to touch a mic. And for him to rock the crowd, I mean, I saw people dancing that probably shouldn't be dancing, but they were rocking to every single word Ice Cube was spitting from his mouth into that microphone. They knew the lyrics word for word, which was incredible to see. And I was glad to see it. And I was glad that NASCAR had the gall enough and the foresight enough to say, let's ingratiate the crowd with a different form of music, not just country and Western. You brought in Pitbull. You brought in Ice Cube. You're in L.A. You had to bring somebody from L.A. If you couldn't get Snoop, you had to get Ice Cube. You had to get somebody from that people would recognize. Right. And that was smart of NASCAR. That was brilliant. Because guess what? It kept the crowd engaged. It kept the crowd going because he performed. Ice Cube performed in the in midway through the, 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 the race. So they had about 75 laps or so left. People stayed. They sold all over 69,000 tickets for that event. I mean, the, the fan from the from the the fanfare, the fan fest, the fanfare to people getting actually hyped up like people were actually and that's what some of the racers that we talked to on saturday they were talking about how much people were getting hyped up for that so kudos to nascar um congratulations to nascar congratulations to all the 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 competitors and to the fans that came out and hopefully they'll build a fan base because a lot of the fans that that bought tickets a lot of people that bought tickets were not original nascar fans including yours truly so job well done to nascar that was fun. That was fun. And then, obviously, we're preparing this week for Super Bowl. Super Bowl 56, the L.A. Rams, the Cincinnati Bengals. Everything's going to be on Zoom pretty much until Friday. The Cincinnati Bengals arrive in Los Angeles on Thursday. Um, and then Friday, it, Bengals will have their time in person. Rams will have their time in person at their at their facilities. This is a, probably about one of the weirdest times i've i've covered a super bowl because normally on mondays you have the opening night where we get to an arena got the players coming out to an illustrious media crowd and even the crowd gets to participate by buying tickets and watching um, their favorite players or their team come out and be introduced almost getting treated like hollywood stars and then tuesday happens the festivities wednesday thursday friday on into the super bowl but this year it's a little different because of the California protocols and the COVID mandates. And I applaud the NFL for actually upholding their mandates and making sure that people are safe and secure dealing with this Omicron variant of COVID. Unfortunately, 
um, it's taken a toll because now we have to go through, through go through things on Zoom, which is not quite the same because it's nothing like that personal interaction that you get when you want to sit down and talk to a Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase or Joe Mixon or Matthew Stafford, his first ever Super Bowl, a Cam Akers or a Cooper Cup, um, you know, finally playing in the Super Bowl because the last time the Rams did play in the Super Bowl in Atlanta, Cooper Cup unfortunately suffered a, a major injury that prevented him from participating. So this is the first time he's able to participate in the Super Bowl. Um, and just a lot of firsts with both of these teams, to be quite honest with you. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. And obviously, radio role is going to be a lot of different guests, a lot of different football players, a lot of different entertainers coming through. Um, Super Bowl is actually one huge like walk of fame that's basically what it is right like it's one big walk of fame and so going between the 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 parties between the events between doing things on radio or conducting interviews on radio row there's a lot of stuff that you can do i mean the nfl experience opens back up on thursday uh through saturday if you're in los angeles make sure you go by check it out you have to check it out i promise you i'm not even getting paid for this 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 advertisement but let me tell you something from somebody that's been there it's incredible they showed up and showed out for this one for sure um so it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting week i was telling jake off air man i don't know how they're gonna get all these players in time frame they're gonna get them because they only gave it gave us a, a, a certain amount of time obviously they want the players just to kind of be focused and get ready for the week which is understandable um but it's going to be very interesting how they're going to pull this whole thing off. I'm really looking forward to it, to how they're going to pull this thing off, because it's going to be very interesting. And speaking of being very interesting, uh, there's some job openings up in the NFL. Who's going to get them? And does Brian Flores truly, truly have a point? And does this point continue to be strengthened as we continue to go through these coaching carousels? We'll get into that on the other side of the break. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid. But there is hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends. Stay in touch with your community. And know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see what's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> good. Morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. 
Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2249, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Now, we talked about the NFL, but let's get into a deeper side of the NFL when it comes to the coaching hires, or should I say lack of diversity in these coaching hires. Now, there's been reports of former head coach and coach of the University of Illinois fighting Illini, Lovey Smith, uh, being strongly considered for the Houston Texans job, which I find that it, it completely ironic and the reason why i find that ironic is the fact that all of a sudden after brian flores files his lawsuit last week went on the news carousels to explain his side of the story and one thing about brian flores i've never met brian flores a day in my life but one of the things that i got i took away from those interviews that i watched and i watched them on cbs this morning i watched them on don lemon on cnn I watched him on Get Up on ESPN. This man is a man of integrity and principle. And he's not going to be rocked. And he's not going to be bought off. And apparently, Stephen Ross did not pay attention to Brian Flores in the interview process when he hired him as the head coach. Because had you paid attention, you would have known offering this man $100,000 or $100 to throw games on purpose was not going to be in his resume. And the fact that you thought this man could be easily bought off is absolutely hysterical to me. <laughs> and the fact that you think that money's going to change everything, and that shows you the narrow-mindedness of that particular owner because he feels like money can change every single thing. And to a degree, he Stephen Ross has a point. Like, if you're Stephen Ross or any one of these owners and you've paid money to make things happen, to move things, to build things, to get things done, why wouldn't you think that everybody has a price? Because to be honest, we all have a price. Some of our prices are lower, which is why some of y'all be on OnlyFans. And then some of y'all prices are much higher because it, ca it calls for some type of ownership or some type of equity, right? But to me, Stephen Ross really tried to lowball Brian Flores and allegedly offering him $100,000 to throw games. Allegedly. Now, if any of these claims happen to be proven true, and we know what Stephen Ross's statements were, we know Brian Flores also went against the New York Giants. The New York Giants also released a statement, as well as John Elway and the Broncos, because that was another, another team that Brian Flores had to sue. But the one thing about supremacy, and this is how supremacy works, they always want to undercut credibility and isolate the individual on his claims, right? And this is exactly what they're doing to Brian Flores. And does Brian Flores have an opportunity to win a lawsuit? Sure. He's hired some high-profile, high-powered attorneys that obviously believe 
in his claims. And let me tell you something. If you just open your eyes and just look around you, what Brian Flores is suing about is really not far-fetched. Let's look at the facts. The facts are there, there is one NFL head coach that is black in the National Football League. There are only six black general managers in the NFL. And the fact that they want to now all of a sudden bring in Lovey Smith as a quote unquote serious candidate is, 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 is hilarious to me. And if you're Lovey Smith, don't fall for the trap. Don't put don't fall for the banana in the tailpipe because you're setting yourself up for failure, sir. They're not going. That is a poorly ran organization. That organization has no commitment to winning at all. If they did, people will be flocking to try to sign up to be a head coach or be a part of that organization in some way, form or fashion. Deshaun Watson wouldn't want to leave the Houston Texans if it was such a great organization and a great rant organization. So why in the world should we think that all of a sudden now, especially after the Houston Texans owner who passed away, said, called, referred to the players as inmates who happen to be majority black, saying inmates are running the asylum, talking down upon them, and you think that attitude hasn't trickled down to the next group of ownership that happens to, to currently run the Houston Texans? Really? If you truly believe that, you are indeed dumber than people may have thought you were. Because there's no way you could think that. And with possibly one other coaching vacancy open, which are the New Orleans Saints, because the Jacksonville Jaguars seem to be hell-bent on not hiring Byron Leftwich, which there's still a, a slight possibility that Byron Leftwich could get hired, which would make all the sense in the world. But again, we're talking about Shaq Khan here. Another, another terrible rant organization. And then we talk about the potential, and there's also been reports of Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell taking the Minnesota Vikings job. So that only leaves basically two head coaching positions open. And if you're the Houston, and if you're a black head coach, I would strongly advise you not to take the Houston Texans job. You're only setting yourself up for failure. You may get one to two years tops. They expect you to walk on water and crap ice cream and turn everything around. And guess what? It just doesn't happen that way. But why is it that black coaches are always expected to turn the tide in the midst of a typhoon? But yet their Caucasian counterparts could be given five, six, seven years and produce little to no results before they get fired or even talked about getting fired. And the one thing about Brian Flores and I hear a lot of some of the analysts talk about, oh, there's need, there needs to be a better pipeline. Even some, some coaches have talked about, oh, there needs to be a pipeline. What pipeline do you need when there are already coaches? If you just open up your damn eyes and take a look and do a little bit of research and do some work, you would see how many coordinators and how many coaches and even coaches in the college ranks that happen to be black or minority coaches get need to get opportunities because they can actually do their jobs well and effectively. So why does it have to be a pipeline as if there are absolutely little to no black people around that you could see that you literally pull and say, you know what? Uh, I don't know if there's enough black people to go around to for these, these, these opportunities and these head coaching vacancies. Really? And we want to talk about diversity, but you know what? When I look at, when I look at Kyle Shanahan's staff, for example, and recently, there's been reports of Anthony Lynn being the assistant head coach and the offensive coordinator, which I think is great. I like Anthony Lynn. I think he can coach, and I think uh, hopefully he gets a second he gets a second opportunity to be a head coach at some point in the, in the NFL. Uh, hello, where's why is the Pep Hamilton an offensive coordinator? I'll keep bringing this up because Pep Hamilton has earned his way to be at least get an opportunity to be an offensive coordinator in this league. Why is Byron Leftwich not a head coach? Why is Ty Bowles not getting another opportunity to be a head coach in this league? Why is it Raheem Morris, who happens to be the current defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, not a, not a candidate to be a head coach in the National Football League? Why is Jim Caldwell not in the running to be a head coach in the National Football League? And there are countless others.
You look at Thomas Brown, who's the who's the Rams running backs coach, who should be the offensive coordinator next season when it, when Kevin Kevin O'Connell departs for Minnesota, if that report ends up being true. Right? Why don't we have more? So you can't tell. So there's no need for a pipeline when all you have to do is look around you and figure out what needs to be done. And we're not saying hire people spe- specifically because they're black. We're saying hire them because of the skill set and they happen to be black because you're bar- you're barring them from getting opportunities simply because, not because of their skill set, but it appears to be for the color of their skin. And you've danced and moved and breathed, stretched, shake all around the, the Rudy rule that hasn't truly been enforced. And the fact that you had to create a Rudy rule to even get opportunities to get interviews, it wasn't necessarily, Rudy wasn't necessarily created to get coaches hired. It was to create a fair and level playing field for black and minority coordinators and coaches to get opportunities to get serious consideration via the interview process. Let's keep that in mind as well. So for people to sit up here and to act like, oh, well, you know, there's no need for the Rooney rule. The hell it is it. When you got one black coach out of 32 teams. And the, the names I just gave you are more than qualified to coach. The fact that Brian Flores had to have the gall and the heart enough to file a lawsuit in court against the National Football League for practices that are blatant. That doesn't tell you something about how the league is starting to be ran and how they were reactionary instead of being proactive. And don't get me wrong. I love covering the NFL. And I think they've done, as as individual teams, they've done remarkable jobs. I talk about the Los Angeles Rams all the time. I've seen other teams in various communities where they are do extraordinary and and outstanding work in various communities where they are. But I'm saying the league as a whole, not just individual teams that have taken the, the, the advantage of bettering the communities that they serve and that the fan base, what the fan bases are. I'm talking about the league as a whole. And no, I don't blame Roger Goodell. Surprisingly, I don't blame Roger Goodell. If you look at Roger Goodell's staff, by the the way, he has one of the most diverse staffs. But guess what? He works for the owners. So there's only so much Roger Goodell could do. I think Roger Goodell is is a genuinely, he probably wants to see change in the NFL more than what he's been able to do. And I think he's probably overall a pretty genuine dude. I've only met him once. He was a very down-to-earth guy. But Raj got to take Raj got to take them falls because that's what his job entails. Raj has to take those falls. But I th- do I think Roger Goodell wants to see just one black head coach in the National Football League? No. I think he wants to see more diversity. I do believe that. But the action has got to correlate with the wording. And that's all we've been saying. Your actions have got to correlate with your words for us to believe you. And all we want to see is more qualified black and minority candidates to get these jobs and not to be stuck to these cellar dwellers and expected to perform a miracle in two years when you know full well you haven't equipped them with, with the personnel it takes to turn the tide. So how in the world can you do that? That's out of touch with reality. And the few owners that do see that, it's unfortunately not enough of them. When I look at the the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously the Rooney family. When I look at even Stan Kroenke with the Rams, because you look at look at the Rams coaching staff. We got, like I said earlier, we like to hi- highlight Bruce Arians, Kyle Shanahan, guys like that, and we should. Bruce Arians, absolutely. But also look at Sean McVay and what he's been able to hire with Coach Everett. 
You look at Thomas Brown. You look at Raheem Morris and several other guys on the coaching staff. They happen to be black. But also, too, as I said this before, when these black coaches do get these opportunities to be head coaches, you need to start hiring black coordinators as well. And I know you know them. And that's one of the issues I had with Mike Tomlin. That's one of the issues I had with Mike Tomlin at certain parts of his coaching career. And I, I applaud him. The man can coach. I, I applaud him for his successful seasons, not having one losing season. That is remarkable. There's some coaches, no matter what color you are, have not have not achieved that status. So that is a remarkable accomplishment. My hat's off to him. But now you have to also help with this problem. You know some coordinators, some positional coaches that you can bring in, that you can mentor, that you can have give them an opportunity to one day become head coaches like you were given the opportunity, Mike Tomlin. So this is not just about the NFL. This is not just about, you know, certain coaching staffs. I'm also getting on the, 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 the coach that is, has been employed for 15 seasons that happens to be black. I'm also getting on him as well. And if they happens to if they happen to hire a black coach in the, with the New Orleans Saints, if they happen to hire a black coach at the Houston Texans, it's up to you to bring in positional coaches and coordinators from black and minority backgrounds to give them opportunities to thrust and to shine. Because if you don't, you're contributing to the problem and you cannot say anything else about the league or about other organizations when you're doing the same damn thing. We'll be right back. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. And then you oh, give me that puppy look. Back. You get that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Good little thing nobody can see you crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, Estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated. 
motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know, that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger. Because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, con terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 2949, iHeart Latino. Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145, final segment of the show. Man, some of the conversations we have during the commercial breaks, if y'all heard them, we would probably not be on air any longer. Hey, I got to bring up my, my guy, my producer extraordinaire, Big Brother Jake, better known as Jake Warner. What's going on, man? What's good with it, Nick? <laughs> so let me ask you a question, yes, man. Sir. You've been on Instagram. You've been on Twitter. We've been in this business for quite some time. Yes, Obviously, sir. you've been in business much longer than I have. You're a vet. Um, have you ever been unfollowed by somebody? And has that ever affected you by being unfollowed by somebody? Whether it's somebody you looked up oh, to, yeah. whether it was somebody... I've, you I've, know, just some right. No, I've somebody you you know you you follow. Uh, I've definitely been unfollowed. I can tell you who it is because I ain't scared. Um, I've been unfollowed, but it hasn't phased me because I don't care. Like, don't make <laughs> it's not a train station. Don't make an announcement. Hey, I'm leave. I'm unfollowing you. All right, just do it and move on. But yeah, I had. I'll just say his name. Just Blaze unfollowed me. Because they had a, <laughs> and I'll tell you the story real quick. He there was an earthquake on the East Coast, and he was on Twitter like, "Man, this is ill." Blah 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 blah. And so I found a picture of a lawn chair, just one lawn chair down, saying, <laughs> "We will rebuild," in the, in, 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 on the East Coast. And he got mad. He's like, "People are people are scared, man. You're, you're taking it as a joke." And I said, "Bro, I'm from California, dog." He's like, "Well, you should read the news." I was like, "I work in the news business." Well, you're stupid, and he unfollowed me. And I didn't lose sleep over it. Sun still came up. Well, we're gonna talk about the Lakers momentarily because they had a they've had an unusual stretch of games in the last oh, yeah. few games. Uh, but first and foremost, we all know Snoop Dogg. Oh. Uh, Snoop has, has has been a very vocal Laker fan. He's loved his team. Yes. But he's also been able to criticize his team. Oh, yeah. Something I love about Snoop because he is unbiased. Snoop will call it down the middle. He doesn't <laughs> care. That's one thing I respect and love about Snoop. Obviously, right. he's going to be performing alongside Dr. Dre and Mary J. Blige, Eminem, and Kendrick, and whoever else they bring out for the Super Bowl 56 halftime show. Yeah. But recently, Snoop Dogg uh, revealed that Lakers forward Anthony Davis unfollowed him what? on Instagram. Why? Right, unfollowed him <laughs> because I guess Anthony Davis was playing lousy. Which we've seen him no, do no surprise. over the course yeah. of time of course. When, he, when he wasn't hurt. Right. And uh, according to Snoop, Snoop called Anthony Davis, quote, a garden tool, <laughs> ass, N word, end quote. <laughs> and he followed him for that. It. No, I know. I, yeah, I, I get what you you're saying. Out what I'm saying. I, I figured right? it out right away. <laughs> Come on. He had followed him? That and Snoop was clowning on Instagram <laughs> saying, oh, man, that man hurt my feelings. I ain't about to explain nothing. <laughs> I was crawling. It was, it was. I think it was Snoop and DJ, and, uh, DJ Who Kid. Okay. So Anthony <laughs> oh Davis unfollowed Snoop because he called him a garden tool, donkey, N-word. Right. Holy Basically. Crap. Man, they don't make them like they used to, man. Come on, Anthony Davis. He that It's Snoop. He's going to criticize. He used to criticize Kobe. He used to right. get in Kobe's he LeBron. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And exactly. And guess what? None of them unfouled Snoop. That's Pal Gasol. Oh, he used to get on power all the time. But that's oh my God, man. That's that's pathetic. I'm sorry. Sorry, man. That's that's funny though. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I just had to ask that real quick. 
<laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> Speaking of the Lakers, the Lakers actually, the Lakers actually escaped uh, uh, over the weekend in the overtime win against the New York Knicks and Julius Randle. Uh, let me tell you something. That boy R.J. Baird is no joke. R.J. Baird is a bad boy. Yeah, R.J. Baird bald. Um, Julius Randle, that kid is special. That kid is spectacular, man. If he was on the right team, on a better team, yeah. like say as a third wheel, man, that team be rolling. You, I mean, I could imagine him on a few teams. Oh yeah, uh, in the NBA. But if you imagine him on like a Phoenix Suns team, or if he was on the Milwaukee Bucks, or if he was like, I don't know, even if he was on maybe what the Nets, maybe yeah. maybe the Miami Heat. Yeah. Oh my God. That team would be vastly improved. Yeah. Just with his presence. And the one thing I looked at now, LeBron came back off because we when we spoke with Frank Vogel pregame, it was a game time decision because he had to go work it out because if you've been suffering from a, a knee injury, which he had it wrapped up and taped up, which is understandable. But my God, if I understand people hate LeBron for various reasons, but God dog it. Can you just respect the man for what he is? I mean, this man played over 40 minutes, had a triple-double in his return. Triple-double. 19 years in the league, right? 19 years in the the league. And this man had a triple-double. Anthony Davis played pretty well, too. (laughs) Can't even stop with that. I'm not going to take anything. I'm not going to take anything away from Anthony Davis. But Anthony Davis played pretty well too, right? The dude that, that that continues to suck and continues to be a waste of space on an NBA roster is Russell Westbrook. Oh man, <laughs> he was horrible. He was so bad. The fans began to boo him. The dude was missing layups. He was missing shots. Let me tell you something. Malik Monk has been a godsend to the Lakers. This kid is special. I know a lot of people didn't get a chance to watch him with his previous team because obviously Lakers fans are, you know, we're regional, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get a chance to watch a lot of NBA teams unless they come to town. But Malik Monk, my God, he was balling. Malik Monk was, he was wet from three. The three ball was wet. The man was knocking him down. He passed up on an opportunity when Anthony Davis was under the basket, it was like, nah, I got this, and knocked it down. <laughs> That's how good Malik Monk was, and they had no answer for Malik Monk. Yeah, he's balling. The The Lakers held the Knicks to four points in the overtime period. That's how bad the Knicks collapsed. The Knicks had a 20-point lead at one point in time mm. and collapsed on national television. That's what I turned it, it on. ABC. Yeah, it was an ABC game of the week, and most people turned it off. Yeah. Knicks fans probably was like, "Oh, we about to blow these cats yep. out." Yep. Even though Julius Randle had he shot, you know, he he was fifty uh, percent from the field, and he finished with thirty two points and sixteen rebounds. LeBron James had twenty nine, thirteen, and ten. He takes Malik Monk had twenty nine points. Yeah. Malik Monk had twenty nine points. Right. You want to know what Russell Westbrook had? Oh, man. You want to know what Russell? Guess what Russell Westbrook had? I, I just want you to guess. I want to hear this. I got something to say about it, too, man. <laughs> I just want you to see. Your man, Russell Westbrook, out here with five points. Five points. Five. He had five on him. <laughs> One for ten from the field. Oh, man. In 29 minutes, he was minus 15 in the plus minus category. Oh, man. My man was benched through the overtime period once again by Frank Vogel. Another wise decision by Frank Vogel. And yet he's like, it's not about me, it's about the team. You know, he's had one off night. Dude, you have many off nights. <laughs> oh, man. Are you that out of touch with reality that you don't realize how bad you are on the court? You're stinking up the joint. And it's like he doesn't care. I, you know, I think, I think I'm going to have to disagree. I think he cares too much. He's in his head. He's in his head. Think about it. This is his lifelong dream to play for the team he grew up loving. 
All right. He's in his hometown. He's in his head. And people forget how great he was and is. He's just not a good fit for this team. He shouldn't be on this team. I feel sorry for Russell Westbrook. I'm probably the only one that feels sorry for Russell what? Westbrook. Yes, because he's a wow. better player than this, man. I, I mean, I wow. don't like the way he treats media. I don't like the way he talks to people. But I think he's a better player than this, man. And he's just in his head too much. And, yes, Frank Vogel should bench him because he's not producing. But I think mm. if they allowed him to play his game just a little bit, just a little bit, he might be a little better, get out of his head, and improve. That's just me. That's it. That's interesting that you say that because LeBron James and AD post game said that they basically told him to stop second guessing himself. There you go. To have confidence in himself. I don't know if it's a, it's a thing of confidence. I just think it's the fact of he's just Russell Westbrook. He's always played a certain particular way. That's all he's going to always play. You can't, a leopard don't change his spots. And you're expecting him to be the third wheel when he's always been the number one wheel. So you can't. To me, it was a mistake, and I'll keep saying this. It was a mistake from the from the jump. Mm-hmm. It was a complete mistake. And I'm gonna tell you another mistake that happened over the weekend. Liz Cambage. Mm. Liz Cambage, according to reports, verbally committed to signing with the Los Angeles Sparks after playing a stint with the Las Vegas Aces. Now, fans really poured in on her announcement or reported announcement. They Aces fans are like, good riddance. Thank God. Finally. <laughs> and I'm saying to myself, Liz Cambage is it, it could be has the talent to play basketball. Not take anything away from her on that. The way she's built, she's 6'8, 6'9, right? 230, 225-ish. Very solid player. Right. There's been times I've seen Liz Cambage take plays off. Mm. There's been times where I've seen Liz Cambage not give her all. And that's the most concerning thing. If you're a Sparks fan, if you're if you're going, if you're having her come to Los Angeles with a coach like Derek Fisher, first of all, I question why she made the move to Los Angeles. Because mm. that wasn't strictly for basketball reasons. I think it's more for entertainment purposes and entertainment opportunities more than basketball. Mm. It just so happens that the Sparks happen to play in Los Angeles, so it's convenient for you to still play basketball. And I think she still loves to play the game. Mm-hmm. Not questioning her love for the game, but I'm saying I'm questioning her motives for making the move because my my head my my head started scratching. Yes, that's why I said my head started scratching. <laughs> and I said, why would you leave an organization like the Las Vegas Aces, who are committed to making sure the team gets better year by year? Mark Davis has emphatically made that commitment. Yes. To the point where he's actually going to build a, a state-of-the-art practice facility. Yeah. Um, and you re-signed Asia Wilson. You got a, a to me a great head coach in Becky Hammond. Oh, absolutely, who's infinite, who's infinite basketball knowledge. My God, I mean, she's worked under arguably one of the greatest head coaches of all time in Greg Popovich. Greg has trusted her in certain positions to execute, and she's done that. Um, you got Kelsey Plum, you re-sign Raquana Williams, you still have Chelsea Gray, the point guard. You have all these other pieces. Why the hell would you leave Las Vegas to go to the Sparks? Neko Gumake flat out can ball. Flat out. I have nothing but admiration and respect for Neko Gumake. The girl has serious skills. If Chanae comes back, I like Chanae. I like her. I definitely love her as an analyst and as a broadcaster. I think she's absolutely phenomenal with that. I think she does an incredible job. I have so much respect for what she's been able to accomplish. But on the court, I like her on the court as well. I like her coming off the bench more than I like her starting. That's just me. Um, But having a coach like Derek Fisher... And you don't think the problems are going to persist with Liz Cambage getting mad, whining at, at foul calls, getting upset, taking plays off? Where I want to know what her commitment is, because I question her commitment. Because there's no reason if I'm Liz Cambage, she should be on the off season working out with Shaq, working out with Lisa Leslie, and working out with Tim Duncan. Period. That's all I'm gonna say on that. I'm hungry. I worked up an appetite. I know you got some cooking in the kitchen. Jake, so, man, I'm ready when you are. All right, let me fire it up, baby. 
All right. Well, first of all, don't unfollow me, Nick, please. I don't want, you know, we don't need no. I, mean, I don't want you unfollowing me, man, you know, because I, just, I, I, I can't take being a garden tool, man. <laughs> well, you know, I have some flaws, man. I just don't want you to be mad. <laughs> anyway, let me stop. I won't, I won't AD you. <laughs> People are going to say, oh, the Clippers put you up to that. Let me stop. All right. A man made video. A man made a video saying that he's boycotting Chipotle due to their new quesadilla rules about ordering on the app instead of in person. Uh, has there ever been a restaurant that you've quit going to or boycotted for similar reasons? Yeah. Called a concession stand. <laughs> when you sit up there and pay your money and they say, well, it's already pre-made. I said, I don't care if it's pre-made. I'm paying my money. I should get in my way. I feel like it's Burger King. I need to get in my way. <laughs> if I'm paying my money now, if it's free, okay, that, we can argue that. Yeah. But course. if I'm paying my money out of my pocket, I'm asking you to prepare my meal a certain particular way. It's just like when I go to a restaurant, they say, how would you like your, if I ate steak, when I used to eat steak, they would ask me how would I like my steak prepared, sir? I say a particular way I like my steak prepared. Mm-hmm. And they write it down and they make sure that, that that steak is prepared a particular way. Or how would I like my baked potato? Okay. All right. It's the same way. So I quit going to a concession stand in a particular arena because they refuse to make the damn meal the way I wanted it. But what if you know that going in, you can't expect them to change it if they're like, we don't change it. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm going to be real Stephen Ross right now. My money talks. <laughs> okay. Man. Have you done that? Have I done what? Boycotted you, you, a restaurant? You tried, more, you, you tried more food places than I have. Oh, yeah. I'm, like, a, you, I'm you, a foodie, man. I've done that before. Yeah, so. I've done that before. Um, you know, I've gone to places or stopped going to places because they've discontinued menu items. Or I've stopped going to places because I couldn't get a seat to eat there. You know, but yeah, mm-hmm. for, for various reasons, I've done it too. Yes, of course. And I don't go back. I haven't gone back to some places. It won't. Okay. It won't. All right. But I get you, man. Money talks. And BS runs marathons. We all know that. Hello. All right. <clears throat> L.A. is the center of the universe right now. Super Bowl 56. Uh, the countdown is official with the game being less than a week away. What are, the, what are you looking forward to the most this week? Interviews, parties? What, what, what are you looking forward to, Nick? Oh, definitely. Do. Definitely. Definitely the parties, man. Uh, oh, yeah. We oh, talked yeah. about this last, you know, last night, and you were, uh, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to that. That's gonna be, that's the fun part. That's when you get to really get out and obviously be safe. We'll be masked up, of course. We'll be keeping my distance as much as I can. Um, but it's a great opportunity to network with people, see people that you haven't oh, seen, yeah, yeah. maybe see people that you probably networked over Twitter or Instagram, but mm-hmm. never got a chance to meet in person. Now this is now they all converge on the city of Los Angeles for a week. Um, so it's just, it just, it's just a great thing, man. It's a great, it's a great opportunity. It, it's, it's one hell of a networking party. You know, I, I love going to all the Super Bowl sites. I've been to like four or five in my 20 year plus career. And I've, I've met a lot of people that have helped me out in my career. So it's always great when you work in the media, uh, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I love that it's in our hometown. We had to go far, you know, it, it's lovely, but what I do worry about is some of the politics that go with this, you know. Like certain areas that were dirty in L.A. are all of a sudden cleaned up, you know. <laughs> so we all know how that goes, man. And But, yeah, it's a great time. I'm looking forward to interviews, you know, because I have a show like you do. And I like to interview the people. And, 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 you know, it's just a fun time. Meet people you haven't seen in a while, your colleagues and that live on the East Coast and come out. It's a beautiful thing, man. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. going to be a lot of fun this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the interviews, too. Looking yeah. forward to the interviews, too. Absolutely. All right, man. And the third thing on the menu. Let me let me stop acting a fool. All right. Third thing on the menu. <laughs> <laughs> Former UConn head coach and player Kevin Ollie, who was wrongly terminated in 2018, was awarded a settlement last month of about $11.2 million after nearly four years of legal battles. Do you think this will open the doors for other coaches, especially black coaches, to follow suit? I think so. I mean, when you look at the success of Kevin Allen and UConn came out and said, hey, we're not going to pursue, pursue any further legal action as far as like appeals or things like that, which tells me that there are skeletons in the closet that they don't want revealed. Oh, no I mean, look at Kevin Ali's record. He was 127 and 79 in six years, led the program to a fourth, 
a national championship in just his second season back in, I think, 2014. Mm-hmm. So to me, I feel like, yeah, if if people have felt like they're being done wrong and they have a, a, a rock solid case, it's going to it's going to take you some time. So pack a lunch and a dinner at that. <laughs> but it's going to take you some time. But I do think uh, it could open the door and, and maybe start putting these colleges on notice and say, hey, man, you better start treating your faculty and your your, your employees better or you will be facing actions like these. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that concludes the Daily Brunch. All right, sir. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, If you missed any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download, subscribe to us on all streaming platforms, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, all for free 99. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at NickHamiltonLA and on Twitter at NickHamilton213. Again, we are in Super Bowl week. Looking forward to it. Next week, we'll be covering the game and have the recap of the game. We'll see who came out the winner and the loser who will be hoisting up that Vince Lombardi trophy here at SoFi at Super Bowl 56. For my producer extraordinaire, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, which you can also follow at Big Brother Jake on all social media platforms. And also make sure you check us out at YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. Until next week, stay sharp, take care, I'm out. The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.